All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Eric, and you are listening to Voices from the Planet, says the guy with the radio voice. No. Um, so this episode is going to be a solo episode. Uh, I plan to talk about a movie I recently watched called Hector and the Search for Happiness, starring Simon Pegg. Uh, was released in 2014, directed by Peter Chelsum, and the screenplay writers were Marita Von Helen, Peter Chelsum, Tinker Lindsay, and Francois Lee Lelord. Francois Lelord. He wrote the novel that the movie was based on. And I'm recording this solo episode about the movie to take the place of a podcast I recorded with another podcast host, Michael Klein of the One by One podcast. So we actually recorded a whole podcast yesterday. And um, so I used this program and we talked about it. It's called MP3 Skype Recorder. It was pretty basic. I bought it. I purchased it online for seven pounds. It wasn't even US dollars. That should have been my first sign. <laughs> but actually, the product works well. I used it on a, the one podcast I recorded with Neil Singh and it worked fine. But I think what happened this is totally my fault. I think what happened was when... Um, it's done recording it gives you an option to move or copy the file so I had did that but before I actually moved or copied it I closed that window inadvertently deleting the file I believe so we had a awesome hour and a half conversation and it's just gone to the ether so I apologize for that it was a really good one I thought I was really looking forward to listening back to it and putting it out but unfortunately it was not meant to be but have no fear, I will be recording another podcast with Michael Klein of the One by One podcast in the future, so stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, so in order just to have something to give out, I mean, I watched this movie like three times already since I first saw it, and it's a really good movie, um, like I said, based on the novel, Hector and the Search for Happiness, but so yeah, let's see, where should I begin? Maybe I should just start at the beginning. So this movie is about a psychiatrist named Hector who is pretty much dissatisfied with his life. Um, I guess he's has his, his structure and his day-to-day -day routine, which is fine, but I guess not living a passionate, fulfilling life, just going through the motions day-to-day. So that character is played by Simon Pegg. He has a girlfriend who is also, or sorry, who's played by Rosemund Pike. Um, so she's his girlfriend. So basically, so let's just start at the beginning of the movie, I suppose. <clears throat> so it goes in the beginning, it's showing Hector and his life and showing with how he deals with his patients in his psychiatry practice and how he is just going through the motions basically day to day not really there present i guess i would say for his patients so um he basically goes through a crisis i guess of self-worth you know so he um well actually i should say he does have a patient who he sees who is like a spiritual, what's it called? Like a spiritual, I don't know, like a healer or seer. She has powers, but the reason she's coming to see him is because she's been not actually been having the ability to see the future or read people's palms and do all that kind of stuff that she does. But um, she makes a comment to him about like how she can still say the things that the people need to hear and go through the motions but you know she feels like a fraud and i think at that point it kind of clicks for hector that he's doing the same thing and um he's pretty much a fraud <laughs> so he decides that he needs to what he well what he decides what he's gonna do is he's gonna take a trip and it's kind of inspired i think by the patient her name is angeli the the uh clairvoyant uh visionary healer um and i guess at one point she gets 
her abilities back. So she look, takes a look at Hector's palm. Excuse me. And realizes that and says, like, you're going to go on a journey. Which is basically what she was saying that she can tell people that as, as a generic answer. But she says that she sees him going on a journey and that he's going to find peace and happiness and he'll be able to love like he, he's never loved before. And so I think it kind of just affirmed what he was already thinking. So he decides to he decides to take a trip and he's going to do some research so on on the state of happiness so that way he can better help his clients find happiness as well. And that's where the fun begins. So um actually hold on so he his first trip he's gonna go to and actually i gotta mention so he's and so kind of to maybe give you an idea of the character so he's very tidy and he has all his new travel gear you know the pants that convert into shorts reversible hats reversible jackets he's got everything he needs but um so his girlfriend is kind of um a little it seems that she's a little jealous because while putting away his socks one day she finds a picture in the sock drawer of him, a girl, and a guy, and those are his friends from college. So he he's and he's been hiding the picture from her, or maybe not intentionally, but he hasn't shown it to her. But she sees it, and I think she's feeling a little jealous. But um, so when they're packing, she makes a comment about like, you know, you know, you need more socks. You can never have too many socks. So she goes to his sock drawer to pull out a couple pairs of socks for him and sees that the picture's gone which basically is saying that he's taking the picture with him on his trip and I think she gets a little jealous so she's already thinking like what's going on you know what I mean but she's supporting him he's going on this trip to better himself so he can better serve his patients so okay so he first goes to China and on the plane so he gets on the plane, he's in his seat and, and, you know, coach, I guess. And he's sitting there and another person comes up and they have that seat. So they, the airline double booked the seat. So they end up upgrading Hector to business class where he meets the first person along his journey sitting next to him. And that is sorry hold on one second i'm looking it up on imdb so i can remember the characters names because i don't have that good of a memory but yeah so he meets edward and edward is a successful businessman, and that's where he gets his first um like rule so uh, the whole time in this movie he's writing down in this book his wife gives or his girlfriend gives him a journal and he's looking or not looking but he's gonna be filling it in with his travel journal and so the first one he writes down is hold on i probably should have been more prepared for this sorry guys <laughs> so the first one <laughs> sorry i'm looking up on my phone as i'm doing this First one is making comparisons will can spoil your happiness, and that's because the dude he's sitting next to Edward is not so happy that he's not in business class. He'd rather be in first class. Obviously, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't be rather be in first class? But that is one of the the rules. Um, you know, making comparisons. <clears throat> making comparisons can spoil your happiness yes so you'll feel on maybe you'll feel unhappy because you're comparing business to first so you're not happy because you're not in first but business class is just as good and hector is more than excited to be in business class being offered champagne while edward sitting next to him is not happy with the quality of the champagne but anyway so he meets um edward on the plane and 
Hector being the type of person he is, he's just really excited. There's this part where he accidentally knocks his champagne glass onto the ground and it doesn't break. And he's surprised by that. And the stewardess, or sorry, the flight attendant, attendant explains that the glasses are shatterproof. And so what he does next is he takes all the food off his plate and puts it on his tray and then drops his plate on the ground. Unfortunately, it breaks. But um, it's just kind of funny to show his character. Like, it's just like an excited child, really. Um, so one of the next ones is many people think happiness comes from having power and money. And that's where Edward comes in because he's the personification of that because he's rich he has power he can do whatever he wants so when they land in china um uh, hector accidentally steals edward's pen when they from when they were on the plane um like he borrowed it and just forgot to give it back and he, he it's a reoccurring uh, bit in this uh, movie where he borrows pens he never has a pen when he needs one so he borrows pens and forgets to return them um so outside of the airport, I guess at the like the bag outside the baggage claim where you get picked up, they're waiting there and um Edward realizes that Hector is just kind of has no clue about what he's doing or where he's going, so and he realizes that Hector still has his pen, so he yells at him, Hey, give me my pen or you have my pen. Anyway, he ends up giving Hector a ride to his airport where or the or his hotel where he's staying. Um and in a limo, obviously, you know, the symbol of power and money. So they're driving there and, you know, he's making comments about the type of hotel Hector's staying at. Like, you're staying at the Marriott? What? No, no, let me show you what money can, what the happiness money can buy. So Edward ends up taking Hector out for a night on the town in China. Takes him to eat fancy food. There, There's one scene where they're eating at the table and... It's this giant round table and has all kinds of food and shit on there. And they're sitting far across on opposite ends of the table eating. I mean, obviously, they have so much food. I'm sure they're happy. But it's kind of a representation of the disconnect of people that have money, I think. Because they're sitting so far apart, yet they're at the same, sitting at the same table sharing a meal together. But anyway, so they go out. for the, They go to, end up going to a club where, I mean... Obviously, Hector is out of place. Edward is right at home. So, um, Ed, he, sorry, Hector is sitting at a table having a drink or whatever, and he's looking in his notebook, and he's writing stuff in there. And this beautiful Asian woman comes up and sits next to him and starts talking to him and, you know, asking about what he's doing, and they get into a real conversation, and they hit it off. And apparently, so she's a student there studying tourism and Hector's like hey what a coincidence I'm a tourist and there's all these coincidences like so they talk and have a good time at the club and they're drinking and partying or whatever so they end up going home and um so in the taxi on the way back to Hector's hotel they're sharing a cab and you know he makes a comment about he'd like it if she would come back with him to his hotel and she says well where are you staying he tells her at the Marriott, and he's, she says, well, what a coincidence. I'm also staying at the Marriott. Hmm. So <laughs> they get there. They go upstairs. Um, you know, they're going to do it, I guess. It appears as if they're going to do it. She goes into the bathroom to change. She comes out dressed in a bathrobe and takes it off, and Hector is asleep. So <laughs> too exhausted to even make it with the hot girl. Um so she ends up just sleeping next to him. He wakes up in the middle of the night, sees her naked body in his bed next to him, and he covers her up and then, you know, changes out of his clothes that he passed out in and goes back to sleep. And that's it. Nothing happens. Um, that's where he writes down. Where was it? It was number five, but he crossed it out. But it was... Happiness may be the ability to love more than one woman at a time. And I guess at the moment, that's how he was feeling. He loved his girlfriend, Clara, who lived back home. But he was also falling for this beautiful Asian student here in China. Um, so he makes plans to meet up with her the next day for lunch. And, you know, she's going to show him around. So they end up meeting and... 
they're I mean he's happy to see her and she's happy to see him and they're eating lunch and then all of a sudden the man in the moped pulls up and he's pissed he's pissed at the girl um and she he starts yelling at her in Chinese and telling her to come so she's like leaving Hector and he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going on? And the man tells him, your friend, he paid for last night. Who's paying for today? So that's when you find out, oh, fuck, the girl is a hooker. <laughs> and his friend Edward paid the hooker to get with Hector to show him a good time. And then that's where the next rule comes in. And it says, happiness sometimes is not knowing the whole truth. There you go. All right, so from, I think that was in Shanghai, maybe? He was in, like, a big city in China. So from there, he ends up leaving and traveling to a monastery, a Buddhist monastery, uh, somewhere in the high mountains. They didn't really specify. I think he's, it wasn't like he was in Tibet. They didn't mention, like, he's traveled from China to Tibet or anything, but he, they show him taking a long train ride and then a bus ride and then hiking up these, you know, crazy monastery stairs to get to the thing and... He gets up to the monastery and knocks on the door and a young monk opens the door and says, it's Monday, we're closed, come back tomorrow. Shuts the door in his face. Okay. Knocks again. Hector knocks again. He says, what part of Monday don't you understand? We're closed. And he leaves and then you hear another man shouting in Chinese from behind the door. And then an older monk comes out and, you know, explains to Hector, apologizes to Hector and explains that he's a young monk and he's new so he doesn't really know or understand or get it all yet so but he invites Hector in he comes in and Hector's there so and then it's just his time there and he has like a few talks with the Buddhist monk while they're setting up the satellite dish on top of the monastery and um talking about like the pursuit of happiness and the search for happiness and um sometimes um Where was it? It was um like the like trying to avoid unhappiness is not a like a successful path to happiness. Uh, it's a mistake to think that happiness is a goal. Um, in the movie, that was these are the one, I'm reading them off from the ones from the book, but in the movie is a little different. But it was more along the lines of that that um, happiness. It, you shouldn't make happiness the goal. Um, because it's not always what you're going for it's also what you're avoiding and if you're avoiding unhappiness uh buddhist teachings tend to uh lend or tend to tell you that you will experience unhappiness in your pursuit to avoid unhappiness so he's with the monk there and finds out the monk has skype i don't know it's weird how they came across it and they're just like just call us we have skype (laughs) you can just call us next time but um, so he realizes they have Skype, so he goes and he calls his girlfriend Clara, Clara, as they say in there. I don't know with my American accent, I'm probably just gonna say Clara. But so he calls her, and they—that was like the first time they've talked since he left. And so yeah, and then as they're having their Skype chat, the winds are picking up in the mountains, so the satellite dish gets knocked off the roof and it cuts their call. And at that same time, the older monk comes in and calls for Hector and is trying to tell him like come come you have to see this the winds the winds so he pull they go out of the monastery and go up you know to where they have all the prayer flags flying in the wind and all the monks are there and they are you know um like just ecstatic with joy and like dancing or I guess it's like a slow motion thing so I don't know they could have just been spinning around but I assume that they were dancing by the way it looked uh so they're just enjoying the the moment, you know, being completely present up there as the winds come to flap and flutter all the the prayer flags that they have strung strung up. And then he makes a comment to Hector that it's all of them. Um, it's all of them, you know. And Hector's confused by that, but he sees that all these monks are just so happy to be there in that moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know if I'm doing a good job explaining this shit. Um, if you guys watch the movie, you'll probably get it better. I'm just trying to explain from what I can remember. I don't really have notes. I didn't take any notes in the movie. I'm looking it up online on my phone. I have the list of the rules, the rules for happiness, and then I also have the IDMB site up so I can look at the actors' names and stuff and see who was in what. Um, 
yeah. So from there, from uh, where he was at the monastery, his next trip is going to be Africa. Um, like I, I don't. In the beginning, I mentioned he had that picture with his his two friends, a guy and a girl. Um, one of the friends in the picture is a guy named Michael that he was um, went to school with, who's now working at a a medical clinic in Africa. So he travels to Africa to um, spend time with Michael and to help him at the clinic for a couple weeks and help out um, with that. So he <laughs> there's the so well actually go back a little. So he um, is at the airport and getting checked into his flights for his flights to Africa. And uh, the um, desk clerk is explaining to him, like, you know, this is four flights. This is two days of travel. And Hector's, you know, excited. He's like, yep, yeah, I know. Let's do it. She's like, let me let me explain. She goes, so here's first class. And she puts her hand, like, way up above her head. She said, here's business class. She moves it down a little. Here's uh, coach. She moves that down a little. And she goes all the way down to the floor and says, this is you. And he Hector doesn't give a shit. He's down. He's happy. He's ready to go see his friend Michael in Africa. Cut to the plane. This is where they, in the movie they did something that was pretty funny. It's like a little like model airplane with like cardboard clouds and like a fake um like cardboard lightning, and they just are filming that to make to depict the plane flying. And then they cut to in the plane, and it's you know them, the actors and stuff. But on that plane, it's a crazy stormy flight, and they're just it's like oh shit, they're not gonna make it. Um, on the plane ride, he's sitting next to this woman, and he, she is saying, you know, like, look at this plane. It's really old. That um, means it hasn't crashed, so that's probably a good sign. And so he starts talking to her about what makes her happy. And she's saying, you know, her family and knowing that her kids can grow up and not have to have bodyguards when they go to school and all that stuff. And just, I guess, being peaceful with your loved ones. And also sweet potato stew. And she asks him, you know, if you have you ever had sweet potato stew? And he says, no. She says, okay, so once a week, all her family comes over to their place. And they have a big party and dance and sing. And they make sweet potato stew. So she invites Hector to come over. And then he lands. So they land successfully. Well, actually, she makes that comment. Like, if we land and don't crash, um, come to this address when we do this. And. So they land successfully. He is met at the airport by his friend, Michael, who's there working at the clinic and takes him and shows him around. And they're just talking about, like, you know, how what the situation is like there, how they're not getting funding. And Pector's asking, like, you know, but we donate money to these charitable causes. And they're explaining how a lot of that money doesn't actually leave the cities and ever make it out to the smaller villages that need it. So... And that's what Michael's there to do. He's trying to help these villages by offering free medical care. And um, Hector is there to help out. So as they're driving there, he gets dropped off at the hotel. Uh, Hector gets dropped off at his hotel in the city. And I don't know. It's, I don't even care. It doesn't matter what city it is. It's a city in Africa. I don't know. I don't even know if they named it in the movie. But um, so he gets dropped off. And, you know, at his hotel, he there's like a bar. So he goes and sits down at the bar and gets a beer and he starts talking to this gentleman, and they don't. So like, I'm not gonna say who the characters name it because it comes kind of as a surprise as like who he is. So he ends up sitting next to this guy and starts having a conversation with them. And this guy starts like accusing him of being with you know like like the news organizations or somebody trying to figure out who he is. So he like jumps Hector and like slams him to the bar and. Is like checking to see if he has a wire or like who are you? He's asking him all that, and Hector's explaining, "No, I'm just a psychiatrist, and da 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 da. I'm researching ha what makes people happy." So he let the dude at the bar lets him go, and he's sitting there with Hector, and they're talking more about stuff, and he's asking him like, "What makes you happy?" And he explains, or he asks like, "Who? What he does? Like, what this man is there in Africa for?" And he's he just says that he's a farmer. That's it. And Hector is like, oh, okay, farmer. He's, and explains what he's doing there, helping for the week. And the guy's kind of skeptical, like, what's in it for you, Hector? And Hector's just like, oh, you don't know, I'm just doing it to do it because I want to help people. And the guy's, the man at the bar is very skeptical and doesn't think anybody ever does anything just to do it. There's always something in it for him. So he doesn't believe. 
so they continue talking about what makes them happy and how can you be happy if the what your the products you're farming in quote, quotations is contributing to the unhappiness of others and the man justifies it by saying like we're just supplying the need the demand and um like same thing like Hector does he um helps people in that way so this man thinks he's helping people by providing these f farmed whatever products um obviously he's a drug dealer but so um but he the man at the bar ends up saying that like what makes him happy is his when his wife is happy and his wife isn't happy and then that makes his kids unhappy and so how can he be happy if his family's not happy and he goes on to explain like the doc, she sees his the man at the bar's wife sees a psychiatrist and he gave her some new pills and it's kind of fucking her up like she doesn't seem like her normal self so that's causing a lot of the stress and unhappiness and then Hector you know being a psychiatrist offers him to like let me take a look at the prescriptions of what she's taking and see if I can help or whatever so he's just kind of like okay so they leave the bar and then the next morning Hector's um waiting for Michael to pick him up and this man comes back in and gives Hector what prescriptions his wife was given and Hector like is looking at he's like ah, I don't know about these dosages and uh, these two pills she's taking are clashing and blah 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 so he, he writes up a new prescription and oh, and again so he didn't have a pen so he borrowed this man's pen to write down the prescription so he gives him a new prescription and says give it to your wife you know here's my phone number call me let me know how she's doing and once she starts taking these other ones blah 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 blah, blah. um and then as they're talking there um michael hector's friend comes in and he's like all right we gotta go kind of like with a sense of urgency and as they're walking to the car outside of the hotel um, Michael's asking him like do you what are you doing talking to that guy do you know who that is and he's like no Mike, Hector's like no and Michael's like that's that's um Diego Barrasco he's like he's the type of person who's dragging Africa to shit and you know like that's not the type of people you should be talking to and that's when we're like oh fuck he's somebody he's a gangsta you know what I'm saying like a drug lord and then Hector realizes oh fuck I took his pen oh again I took a drug lord's pen he's gonna end up killing me um <laughs> so uh yeah continuing on they um make it to the clinic and hector's there and he's he has you know he's helping a little with the actual like like helping the people with like injuries and stuff but he's kind of there to also help just with everybody feeling better so he's with a young boy and just kind of there to make him laugh and all that kind of stuff and then um, the next, what was the next rule that came out of that one was, hold on. That one was, happiness is being with people who love you. Oh, no, that's not the one. I'm sorry. Sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wow, they really skipped a lot. From what's in the movie and what's in the book, it's a lot different. So, oh, so it's, um. Happiness is to be loved for exactly who you are, and that's what Michael is experiencing there. Because, you know, he's—I guess I, we didn't really talk about it—but he's gay, so people don't give a shit because he's helping people and he's answering his calling. And, um, yeah. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna pause this for one second. Okay. Sorry, I'm back. Um. Shit, damn it. Is it. Oh, yeah. Happiness is answering your calling, and happiness is being loved for who you are. So that's the story. That's the insight he gets from his friend Michael. Fuck, I'm going to have to go in and edit a lot of these, like, pauses and these ums and me looking at shit. Actually, I'll probably just leave it in. Fuck it. I'm lazy. <laughs> All right. So, and then, so at that point, he's able to get on another call with Clara in back in England. And she's you know he's excited to talk to her but she's actually planning on going out for the night and he's kind of freaked out by that like going out and you know she shows she shows him a new dress and he's kind of like oh that's a new dress and she the doorbell rings in the background and she immediately just like oh i gotta go and disconnects the call and he's like what the fuck going out 
So he, tit for tat, wants to, he goes out to the house where he was invited by the lady on the plane to go try their sweet potato stew. So he goes and does that that night and parties and he's having a good time. And um, so that's number 10 is uh, sweet potato pie makes you happy. Or you know, the rules for happiness, number 10 is sweet potato pie. So at the end of the party, he's, you know, feeling good. He's going to get a ride back home. And he jumps into a car with these two guys, and it's like has a cardboard taxi sign on the top of it. <laughs> so they're giving him a ride home, and he passes out in the back seat. And as they're driving, they pull up to this, um, like a like a security checkpoint or something, but it's like really shady looking. And it's these two guys there with machine guns, and fucking. So they are talking to the driver and the passenger, and Hector's passed out in the back, and they end up like pulling out their guns and um getting the guy, the driver and the passenger out of the car. They tie them up and take their clothes, their norm, like normal street clothes, and then um, jump in the car and take the car, and not realizing that Hector was sleeping in the back. So he slowly wakes up, is coming to, and he's, you know he offers them some candy. And those two guys are like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And then he start, he realizes that it's not, not the same two guys that um, he left with, and he's freaking out like, what the fuck? So they end up, taking him to this place where they throw him in like a jail cell but it's like a dungeon i don't know i don't know where it is but it's um he doesn't know where it is i mean and it's just some crazy place where he's locked in a cage and he's like it's like days and days are going by and nobody's coming to talk to him and he's kind of freaking out and so eventually the guys who kidnapped him pull him out and they take him to see their leader who is like making jokes about the things that he was writing in his notebook about happiness and stuff like that. And um so they're going to end up killing they're going to end they're going to kill Hector and but Hector tells him like, you know, like nobody's I know nobody's going to come looking for me and but um I'm trying to help a friend and you know, if he he's going to call me and if he doesn't get in touch with me, he's going to be very concerned and he's not the type of person you want as an enemy and these guys are like well who he's like even if it's the fucking president like it's not gonna fucking help you and he says Hector says it's not the president it's Diego Barrasco and the men kind of all freak out they kind of get quiet like oh fuck Diego Barrasco Diego Barrasco oh shit um <laughs> but um so he tells Hector prove it and you know <laughs> Hector breaks down again he's like I can't prove it man whatever so they end up dragging him back to the cell where he was at and they're gonna kill him and he's saying the guy is questioning like what are you doing here and he's like i'm here to research happiness and he click pulls the trigger on the gun but it you know empty chamber so he has like a revolver he's like really what are you doing here i'm trying to i'm trying to find out what makes people happy he's like freaking out click another bullet blank and he's freaking out like what the fuck so he ends up saying, like, I know you're going to kill me. I know you're going to kill me. But it, just for because, you know, what he's there is to find out what makes people happy. He asks the the leader, like, what what makes you happy? What what is it that? Um, oh, I forget what the fuck his answer was. But um, from all this, Hector realizes that fear is an impediment to happiness when you're afraid you can't be happy. But he says, you know. I forget what the guy says. Ah, fuck, whatever. But he ends. He, Hector asks him to, if he could have his notebook so he could write it down in there for posterity and do that. And so the guy's like, ah, oh, fuck, whatever. So he gives him his book back. And Hector's looking through his pockets and he doesn't have a pen. He's like, what the fuck? Okay. Again, without the fucking pens, Hector. Um, so he says, ah, he asks one of the guys for the pen and they kick over a pen on the floor and it rolls over to Hector and it's this golden pen. And he's, so he's going to go write it in the book, and he looks at the pen, and it's um, Diego Barrasco's pen, and it has his, like, name engraved on it or whatever, like, his gold pen. So he says to the guys who are holding him captive, like, can I, I just have one last request, just one last thing, please. He says, would one of you guys make sure my friend gets his pen back? And he holds up the pen and says whose pen it is, and they look at it like, what the fuck? So they end up throwing him in a car and just, like, kicking, dropping him off on the side of this dirt road and, like, leaving him there. And he's like walking back. He's trying to find somebody, and he ends up walking back to the village where um, he had the sweet potato stew. And so the next one is happiness is feeling completely alive because you know 
faced with what you perceive to be certain death, I'm sure you you will never feel more alive than after that moment, walking out of there free. I mean, relatively speaking, unharmed. He was a little bus up, but he you know wasn't dead, which is great, right? Um. So from there, he ends up, or and I guess after that, he has a conversation with. He calls Clara again um, once he gets back, and I'm assuming it's been like days, maybe like a week since when he got kidnapped from when he was released. <clears throat> so he calls her up on Skype from like the town and wherever he is, and she's um. He tells her, you know, I was kidnapped, and she kind of doesn't seem like that worried, and she's just like, oh well, what, you know, and she's kind of just freaking out, like it just didn't seem like she really gave a fuck, and I think Hector knew that and. Like, and it's just a weird conversation, and it was awkward, and she ends up spilling her coffee, and she's like, blames it on him, even though he's in Africa, over Skype, but anyway, so they end up, like, getting off that phone call, not too happy with each other, and she asks him, well, she asks him, like, where is he going next, and he tells her he doesn't know, she gets pissed off about that, and hangs up, and then he sees his friend Michael, and he's like, so where are you going next, and he he knows where he's going, he's going to the Los Angeles, he's gonna go see the third person in the picture, the third person in the picture that he had in his sock drawer um, that he was keep not I guess keeping secret from his wife, but um, he's gonna see Agnes, who is also his friend. Um, she lives in California, so his his lost love, I guess. I guess they used to love each other. So on the plane ride there, he gets he buys a first class ticket. Um, so he gets to sit in first class, and it's pretty empty. It's just him and another lady who looks like a complete biatch but um so they're on the plane they're flying from africa to la or wherever anyway but um there's a like a the pilot comes over the speaker and is asking if there's a doctor on the plane and if they could come see the flight crew they have a medical emergency so he goes back to like the coach section and there's this woman there and she's like she looks fucked up like she's breathing heavy She's, like, looking very pale. She looks really sick, and um, she's just not doing good. And he's asking you, like, uh, it's the 1 to 10 scale of pain, and she's at, like, a 9. So he she she has some medical records, so he takes a look at it, and apparently what had happened was this woman had had a, a brain tumor removed recently, and um, flying in the plane, the altitude was putting a lot of pressure on her brain. So... Hector realizes and he asks the pilot if that if it would be possible to you know fly at a lower altitude and all this stuff and they they do so it helps the lady and Hector brings her up to first class to sit in his seat and kind of take care of her and you know he takes off um it was a Middle Eastern woman a Muslim lady so she had like the head scarf on and a wig so he takes that off and you see the huge scar on her head where they had where she had the tumor removed and then like, the whole time that other lady who was sitting there in first class, the biatch, was fucking looking like, what the fuck? But um, so they, they're flying there, and then Hector and um, this woman start talking. I don't remember her name. Um, doesn't matter. We'll skip it. We'll skip her. <laughs> um, so they're um, just flying and talking, and she's saying how, you know, she's flying to L.A. to see... Her sister and probably gonna be the last time she's gonna see, end up seeing her because she's gonna die soon. Um, I guess they removed the tumor and but the cancer was still spreading, so that's why she got on the plane, even though she probably shouldn't have, because she just wanted to go see her sister one last time before she died. And um, so she's you know talking about her family and they're just talking story and they so they land in L.A. and she gets you know she's uh, they show her getting wheeled away on a stretcher to an ambulance and Hector tells the medics that. Um, to take her to this address instead of the hospital and i guess the address he gave was probably the sister's address so take her there first don't take her to the hospital she's here to see her thing but what like um the rule for that one was um that he came up with is well she tells it to him she says listening is loving and because he didn't he wasn't you know he's not a medical really a medical doctor but he knows enough so she was saying like you're really good at what you do and he's like you know it's not my field and she says no 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 you misunderstand listening is loving I cannot be more true just to offer a, a listening ear to a friend or, you know, somebody in need could make all the difference. Sometimes sometimes people just want to unload their shit and just to have somebody who's there to listen while they unload, it can be a blessing to that person. So I'm sure um, 
yeah, that's what that one was. Listening is loving. And then, so he gets to L.A. and he meets Agnes and she's pregnant with her third kid. She has two kids already. She's happily married. Um, but what we find out is Hector might have been holding a torch for her all this time and wanted to see, like, you know, what could have been. But while he's there in... LA well he gets he call he gets a call from Clara and it's like the, the not good call like they're gonna break up on this call pretty much and so she's freaking out about him being in LA with that skank and she's pissed off at him and he you know says some things about her and her job and they're just going back and forth attacking each other and then so that's pretty much it they hang up and they're broken up and he freaks out and then he throws his phone into the bushes at at um Agnes's house where he's staying and then his phone rings again so he thinks it's Clara so he goes and digs through the bushes to grab it and he pulls out his phone and he's like oh my god I'm so sorry and then it's not Clara it's Diego Barrasco and the first thing he says is where's my fucking pen <laughs> and he has it so he's like I have your pen I have your pen blah, blah, blah. so he's asking about how the wife's doing and he tells uh, Diego Barrasco tells him that you know the wife's doing a lot better she they took the prescription that Hector gave and she's like a brand new person and she's happy and her kids are happy and he's happy and um so um Diego asks Hector what was the name of his friend's clinic in Africa because he wants to make a donation a donation anonymously obviously anyway oh no rhyme there but um and so Hector asks him like oh what's in it for you and Diego says nothing and then this is a funny Martin and so Hector's like oh yeah good man good man and um, Diego says fuck you and he hangs up <laughs> but some people don't want the recognition sometimes for doing a good deed you know just just they want to just make the contribution and move on so at that point um, Hector is broken up with Clara he's there with Agnes and her family and She's also a psychologist working with this doctor who is like doing brain research on happiness. Um, so they show them on the way there to go see this guy that um, Agnes works for. He um, is talking to Agnes about it, like, you know, what could have been? I wonder what could have been. And she's like what the fuck so she kind of flips out on him about like this whole putting people up on a pedestals and holding flames it's not fair like holding on to an idea of people the way they are or whatever um and so she says i'm really having a hard time not to use the words move on you know um she's happy like why would hector do that to her now she has three kids or she has two kids she has a third one on the way and um she's pretty much like happy with her life she has a husband she loves she has a, a job she loves and she doesn't need Hector coming in and fucking all that shit up with his, his fantasies about what could have been like she says like what about is what about what is right now like that's what's most important um so they end up having that little argument but they still are going to go see the man um Agnes works for Professor Corman and so they walk in on him and it's um he's given like a college lecture he's like a college professor so he's talking to the class and he's you know saying how like everything is on the rise in today's society and um um but happiness is on the decline and he asks like i wonder how many people could actually think back to a childhood memory or a time in their life when they were like completely happy as in like the like as a state of happiness and you know completely present in the moment and all that stuff and it's true like can you really think back to when you as a child or whatever were just like completely happy with whatever was going on in the moment and um his basically goes on his on about his speech and all this stuff and basically says like we shouldn't be so much concerned about the pursuit of happiness we should be more concerned with the happiness of the pursuit so you know like happiness is not necessarily the goal the the goal is to just do and happiness will come you know just enjoy the ride i guess man cool hippie stoner shit 
<laughs> um, so they end up going to meet this. They go to talk to their professor, and he's developed this like brain helmet that you know attaches or reads like the specific parts of the brain where different emotions are. Um, I guess firing in your synapses. So he has the girl um, Agnes go in and put it on, and he tells her to to think of three three different. Hey, my son's waking up. Hey, bud. Am I being too loud? Yeah. Um, so think of three memories, happy, sad, scared, in any order, and he's going to guess based on that. So what he did was he mapped out the parts of the brain that will you know, produce these memories or these feelings, and he assigned a different color to it, yellow for happy, blue for sad, and green for fear. Um, so she goes in real quick, comes back out and he tells her like, you know, you're such an open book and blah, blah, blah. These were the three. And she's like, yep, you got it. And then he's like, Hector, your turn. And Hector's like, oh, you know, I don't think I want He's like, nope, Hector, get in there. So they have Hector go in and he puts on the helmet and, you know, they explain again, you know, three, three things that make you happy, sad, and scared, whatever order they're going to guess it. So he gets in there and. You know, so in the movie, he puts on the thing and he's kind of wincing, trying to like think of the memories. And so the first one, he starts getting the flashbacks of when he was in that, that being held captive in Africa. And, you know, you see the little bits of the, the, on the computer screen, a little bit of it brightening up. And the professor and Agnes are talking about it and they're like, he seems to be like filtering his emotions and blah, 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 blah. And so, like, they're like, he needs to dig deeper and like, you know what I mean? And, He's thinking they cut back to Hector and he's they're showing more of what he's like the flashbacks of the memories and the visualizations he's seeing when he's trying to recall these memories and they cut back to the guys and it's showing like, you know, the green and the blue and that kind of stuff. And he's like, wait, he looks at it like this isn't the emotions of a grown man. These are the emotions of a child. And they're talking about Hector and he needs to go deeper. And I was like, I don't know if they can. And da 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 da. And so they forget that they leave the microphone on and Hector from inside the booth is like, um, I can hear you guys and I think I can go deeper. And they're like, oh, fuck, we left the mic on. (laughs) So, yeah, they're like, yeah, go deeper. So they goes deeper and he's in there and he's what he's visualizing is like a wedding and it's his girlfriend, Clara, is the bride. And as it comes closer, um, you can see that the dude she's marrying is actually her boss from work. And Hector's there and he's in the dream and he's holding this little dog and it's supposed to be I'm assuming like his inner child because they've shown they showed that that scene earlier like other parts but it was a little boy with the dog so that's like Hector but maybe it's his inner child so he sees that and then his phone starts ringing and it's Clara and they're so they're apologizing they're talking about it and he's like you know I'm so sorry I said those things and you know what really makes him the most fearful is to not be with her and what would make him the most happiest is knowing that he could be the man that she needs him to be and he's having like they're having like this emotional connection and breakdown over the phone and um the professor and um agnes are watching it on the screen as it's happening and like all the colors are going bright yellow bright green bright blue all at the same time and the fear and he's talking about you know is this like a good thing on the when he's on the phone with agnes they're talking about like you know is it a good thing that we're having this con he's like yeah i think it is but it's also so scary and they're laughing and they're crying and saying how much they love each other and how much they've missed each other and all these emotions and are flooding in and it's like pretty crazy like they're showing all the flashbacks from you know the girl in china the getting captive with parting with the people in africa helping the kids in africa you know helping the lady on the plane to la all this stuff and like all these that are generating all these emotions and the professor's outside is like whoa this is like crazy he's never seen anything like it and she's like agnes is like what what and he's like it's all of them like all of them and then they cut back to when hector was in that monastery up on the mountains when those monks pulled him outside to check it out and when they cut back and he, then he says you know they cut back to the monk saying you know this it's all of them and as it instantly clicks like holy fuck like maybe the well what i interpreted clicked for me was that like ultimate happiness is being able to be present and feel every emotion i mean you take the lessons that he talked about 
throughout the movie and the different things when he met the monk and how avoiding unhappiness is not the path to happiness. It's like maybe happiness is taking the good, the bad, the scary, everything, and just being completely present and able to feel all of that. Um, it's, it was, yeah, and like, it's so weird. Like now I'm such a crybaby at movies. Like the first time I watched it maybe was a couple weeks ago. And definitely at that part when Hector and Clara were having their their last conversation while he was in the booth about getting back together and being together. Um, like I was bawling, man. I was crying. Um, I guess, I mean, I don't know what it is. I'm just such a crybaby at move for movies now. And but so it's actually yesterday I watched it again like in the morning, and then again later in the afternoon with my wife and like, like just even leading up to that part I knew already I was like fucking shit I'm gonna like I know I'm gonna start crying and I already started tearing up before the part even happened just like in anticipation of the emotions I knew that I was gonna be be feeling when that part came on and I was like oh fuck. <laughs> But it's a really good movie. So he ends up going back and getting married to to Clara, and they end up staying together and all that stuff. So it's I mean it was a really good movie. So I'm gonna um, I mean it's it felt like such like a letdown at the end there the way I just said yeah it's a really good movie. No, it, it's a really good movie. Like if you like these kind of things, I mean check it out. It's on Netflix. That's where I watched it. Um, Hector and the Search for Happiness. So I'm gonna. <clears throat> or no, I'm gonna run through the the rules, and these are the ones from the movie, the book. I didn't read the book honestly. I'm probably not gonna read the book, but I saw online that there are um like way more than what's in the movie. But the ones in the movie were pretty good, and I'll I'll read them off, and then I'll, I'll just kind of go and give a reminder of like I guess ah fuck well we'll see. So the first rule was making comparisons can spoil your happiness. And actually, when I heard when I saw that one, it definitely reminded me of like a Taoist, something from the the Tao Te Ching. Uh, I guess like a a Taoist principle is that um, if you constantly compare and compete, you can never truly be yourself. And I, to me, being able to be truly authentic and be your true self is also something that can lead to happiness as well. Um, if you're constantly faking just to be better than somebody or you're comparing yourself and saying that person's better than me then you'll never truly be happy so just be yourselves guys just be that authentic you um, number two is a lot of people think happiness means being richer or more important and that uh, eh, that's not always true I mean some people you might they might be outwardly happy you see like you know the rich billionaires and they have smiles on their face but you never you never know what's lurking under the surface um in this one this movie that was edward the rich successful businessman and you know like it's just you work all the time when do you actually get to enjoy the money you spent and truly be happy with people who love you and stuff like that this dude was always on the road traveling for business partying with people he doesn't know and to some people that on surface that might be make you know might seem like that could be a happy life but it seems really unfulfilling because how many true friends and loved ones in your life that you do you have you know um oh number three is many people only see happiness in their future i, I, think, I don't even think i mentioned that one in this earlier but i think what that for me what that one means is that like you only think like i can own like i'll be happier in the future if and it actually makes me think of ramdas you know I'll be happy when I blah 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 and then once you do that then the next thing is I'll be happy when blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> you know there's always what's the next thing is gonna be happy out you only see happiness in your future being present in the moment is true being being able to be happy in the present moment is true happiness not worrying about what next external um force is gonna grant you your happiness i guess um the next one was happiness could be the freedom to love more than one woman at the same time not true it's crossed out i don't know how many people out there i mean it, it can't be that's got to be so stressful trying to balance uh, two to juggle two women one woman is hard enough um having two it just uh, seems like a fucking nightmare 
and hence the reason that one is crossed out because it is not you will you will not find happiness spreading your love between two women um then and that leads us to the next one number five was sometimes happiness is not knowing the whole story um ignorance is bliss right but i think better to know the whole story and deal with that than to be living in a world of lies um because eventually those lies will come crashing down and how happy will you be then you know what i'm saying (laughs) um okay next one avoiding unhappiness is not the road to happiness i talked about that one already but that's very you know buddhist philosophy your aversion to things and attachment to things tend to lead to more suffering Number seven is, this one was actually brought up by the lady on the plane on the flight to Africa. And that's, um, does the person bring you predominantly up or down? Um, so you take a look at the people in your life. Do they make you happy? Do they make you sad? Do they make you angry? Like, you got to look and see, like, w- what these people do for you emotionally. Do they make you feel better about yourself? And if, if they're not, if, you know, they're dragging you down, then maybe better to just let go of them i mean you don't want to have negative people sucking all your positive positivity out of your life right you want to be happy you want people to be happy when you're happy if i love seeing people happy um so i wouldn't want to have you know negative nancy's in my life all the time i want people who will uplift and encourage and support And so that's the type of people that I surround myself with is positive people. I mean, and every not to say that everybody doesn't have their moments. I mean, I'm definitely one who has some low points and gets upset and gets angry and stressed and frustrated. And but I was actually it's funny. I was listening to a Ram Dass talk on the mind on the Be Here Now podcast. And it's basically it's the whole concept of like the watcher and, you know, the ego and all this stuff and it's not that you're frustrated or angry it's that there is frustration and anger like the the higher self doesn't feel these emotions it's witnessing the ego work through these emotions and if you can kind of step back and realize that like i'm not angry i'm not sad but there is sadness maybe you can develop a way to kind of work with that and heal that and be present for that and again being present fully present in any moment is a great source of happiness whether it is happy sad scary whatever i mean i'm sure when you got a gun to your head the last thing you're thinking about is is peace of mind that you know i'm present in this moment but that's where you want to strive to be right um next one is happiness is answering your calling so whatever it is that you feel you were put here to do if you're doing it that will make you happy um yeah so find out what you're here for what are you gonna what are you gonna um contribute to the world um and do it like nako says find your medicine and use it get out there and do that shit man um yeah next one that was weird sorry i don't know why i said that (laughs) um next one is happiness happiness is being loved for who you are and that's very true if you have people judging you or you know saying you should be this way or you should be a certain way like that's gotta lead to a lot of unhappiness because you never feel like you're good enough in so-and-so's eyes or whatever but when you find the people in your life who completely accept you and love you and never judge you and all that stuff like it just makes you feel so much better about who you are and that you can truly be who you are which will lead to your happiness because you can just be who you are without fear of being judged or ridiculed or, you know, whatever, ostracized by your community if you could just be accepted by who you are for who you are. And that is, yeah, it's totally true. Totally true. Um, the next one is, and this one is, I think, maybe just from the movie in the book, it's Sweet Potato Pie, number 10. Sweet Potato Pie is one of the rules for happiness. <laughs> All right, um, moving on from that one, I don't, can't really, I've never tried, no, I'm sorry, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, okay, sorry, in this, 
and I don't know what I've been saying as I was telling this part of the movie, but on this list, it says sweet potato pie. In the movie, it was sweet potato stew. Um, I've had sweet potato pie. I'm not a huge fan, but I've never tried sweet potato stew before, and maybe it's happiness in a pot. Who knows? But, um, yeah, so I forget which what I said. I might have said pie earlier, but in the movie, it's sweet potato stew. Um, number 11, fear is in impendent to happiness um so then that's the part where he's locked up and like yeah if you're afraid how can you be happy if you're fearing for your life i guess how can you be happy unless you're like some ultra zen monk and like you know got your neck to the sword and can still find peace in that moment then yeah but um how many of us can actually say we live without fear and not even the fear of our own like demise just like the fear of i'm gonna get my bills paid the fear of you know whatever <laughs> like yeah i mean it's hard not to have fears but i guess letting go of all those fears and could definitely be a rule for happiness and just letting go of all like your fears doubts and insecurities all that shit all the negative feelings you have <clears throat> would probably be beneficial to your happiness uh number 12 Happiness is feeling completely alive. I mean, does that really need explanation? I think that's true. Um, number 13, listening is loving. Again, I talked about that one earlier when I was going through the thing. And I I think that's a really good one, too, is just being there, being available to listen to people, especially people you love. If you can just offer them, you know, an ear to listen, you don't necessarily have to have all the answers for them or give them the roadmap to fix their problems but even just being a friend to listen is really really important to a lot of people who don't have that you know maybe a lot of people out there feel like they have no one to talk to um or even on that the that's the other hand maybe they are afraid to talk to people you know um i suggest seeing a somebody to talk to if you don't have anybody in your life to just so that you can express yourself freely without judgment um yeah get out there just talk to people listen to people let them talk to you uh, and the last one is nostalgia is not what it used to be that one is um really interesting to me i think nostalgia is not what it used to be because the way you remember things from your past it's not there's no way it's the same I mean, your memories change, you get older, you forget, you replace memories. And I mean, it's been proven that like the human memory isn't necessarily the most reliable thing. And that's very true. I'm a testament of that. I have a shit memory. But the things that you remember the way, if, you know, when people say, like, oh, I wish I could go back to this way or I wish I could go back to when it was whatever. I don't really think you do. If you actually went back and were able to see how it really was, you'd probably be happy you're not back there. And everything that has led us up to the points in our life where we are right now is the way it is for a certain reason. So there's no sense in going back and trying to relive those things. You can have the memories and stuff, but there's no point in going back. Like, And in this case, it was a woman that he used to love and was holding a torch for holding a flame in his heart for all that time but yeah nostalgia is not what it used to be number 14 so that's the list from the movie um that's pretty much it so yeah i really i really like this movie i'll probably watch it again but um yeah that's it i guess for now i hope you guys enjoyed this podcast i know it's weird with just me talking here for an hour I'm actually surprised i went this long and I was able to keep it up again. There's a, sorry for all the pauses and ums and I'm looking this up stuff. But I, again, I was not prepared. I mean, I was prepared to do this because I watched a movie and I kind of knew what I wanted to talk about. But when it came to like remembering characters names and all that kind of stuff, I had to look it up. So forgive me for that. I hope you guys enjoyed this and we'll be back next time. I don't know. I don't want to say next week because we'll see. We are taking a trip, so there's going to be a little break. Maybe I'll record some podcasts while we're in the mainland. Taking a trip to uh, Nicole's cousin is getting married in Ohio, and then we're going to take a trip up to Wisconsin and see my parents. Um, but, yeah, so we'll be back 
later with another podcast and hopefully we'll have um a good one i'm gonna try and get back on with um michael from one by one and hopefully we can re-record that episode um and recapture some of the magic that happened on that first call um yeah i was super disappointed that that happened because it was a really i thought it was a really good one i would have been really proud to put that one out but fuck shit happens so that one's gone but this one is here for you guys and i'm making it up with a completely solo episode so yeah thank you guys again for checking out the podcast i'll see you guys next time peace